Hi, this is Mike Zapsick from AMC's Comic Book Man, and you're listening to Always Bet on Geek. Wait a minute, didn't Wesley Snipes say that? Didn't Wesley Snipes go to prison? Didn't Wesley Snipes go to prison for tax evasion? Don't bet on black, folks. Bet on geek. When someone asks you if you're a geek, you say yes! Hello, everybody, and welcome to Always Bet on Geek. What's up, everybody? This is Marshall Squishy Nelson on Twitter, Instagram. I don't know. I think maybe Tumblr. What's up? We're Always Bet on Geek. We're sitting here in the Hall of Geekdom, figuratively. And I'm joined by two, count them, two excellent geeks this week. This week and last week. Anyway. Uh, yeah, which one's first? The North or the East? West. Well, since since I am your friendly neighborhood co-host, Pat, <laughs> I figured I would go ahead and hop in here second. I am also your forever geek. Like, I am the forever GM. Is that like the forever <laughs> war? Well, no, that actually ended. Oh. <laughs> okay. But, howdy guys, this is Pat, um, here in the capital city of the Magnolia State, and once again, we all know there comes a time when a character is a guest star in a comic so often that they stop being guest stars, or they're a guest star on a TV show, and instead of being a guest star, they become part of the main cast. So I'm not quite sure what level he's at yet, but over in the Lone Star State, we have our boy, Hey everybody, this is Mystic Mojo. Thanks for having me back. It's always great to be upgraded from NPC to sidekick. Looking forward <laughs> to being in the limelight with the real heroes. Always been a geek. Glad to be here. And by the way, it was so hard not to laugh at all your earlier comments, but I was trying not to interrupt and be really rude while you introduce yourself. But let me just say, y'all be tripping. You make me laugh. <laughs> what are we tripping on, man? Hey, that I don't hey, know. But, hey, I'm just hey, a sidekick. Hey, right, hey, hey, right, right. It's okay. It's okay. Currently, you're in the Teen Titans West. Pretty soon, you'll be in the Teen Titans. And after that, the Big League, the Justice League, baby. But right now... Hey, we're not in the Justice League. Let's get a, let's get there first. Whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> how, how, how are we not the Justice League, Marsh? I think the Justice League gets paid <laughs> benefits. <laughs> yeah <laughs> I'm saying we're not even the Muppets we're the Muppet Babies <laughs> oh oh my god no no uh uh-uh. uh okay you know well, what this kind of segues into uh, you know the 80s topic that we're going right well cool well then to keep it 80s fine then, then we're at least the Fraggles I'd like to second that I love the Fraggles they're uh, awesome the Fraggles. they rock 
But yes, Marsh is right. Uh, our topic for this podcast is if you heard our <laughs> Infinite Spoilers podcast, you would know that yep. I suggested maybe we should make a podcast about our favorite 80s movies because we almost got lost in the weeds on the almost we got lost in the weeds of the infinite spoiler podcast talking about 80s movies so here's the entire podcast devoted to our top three favorite 80s movies it's going to be hard three? Uh, to, get, I don't know. to get a top three but i think i think what could help is if we all agree that we can have we seven honorable in, mentions no we don't include star wars we can all agree Star Wars is awesome, but we shouldn't include it, otherwise well, really only once Star Wars movie came out in the 80s the other two came out in the 70s so yeah, I was just thinking I that guess you, yeah, actually, I guess you could include it actually, I hate to be the nerd in the group here um, did my research before this podcast sure. <clears throat> yeah, that's a thing and I determined the facts that the he's still first... young folks, he's still young so, but, but, go ahead Thank, thank me, thank you. Uh, that the first Star Wars came out May in 77. the 70s, but that both Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi came out in the 80s. So they're technically valid topics. Yeah, I didn't know about really, Empire. I, thought, I knew. Uh, I thought because I thought Empire came out in 79. I thought it was 82 or 81, but I wasn't sure. But I knew because I'm I'm like. What, a week older than A New Hope, May 77, so. <laughs> right, and that's also, in fact, that's all of our birth years, so Star Wars is 41 years old. Wow. <sighs> so how about we don't include Star Wars, and that should free up at least two slots, and then we should go for it. You mean three slots? Two slots, because Empire and Jedi. Ah, uh. I meant the fact that we'd each want to put that in our personal list, and that would be three. Never mind. I, I would, Go ahead. I wouldn't Do your thing. You guys know what you're doing. You're pros. All, good. all right. Well, uh, who wants to kick it off? How about the the uh, guy who did research? <laughs> I mean, the guy that actually made the list and to go to improv it. I agree. All right, Ryan, over there in the Lone Star State. Well, uh, what's your number three? I'm assuming we're doing three, two, one, with one being the best, right? Man, I'm not even going to do it that way. I'm just going to tell you three of my favorite movies from the 80s. All right, well, Ryan, go for it then. What's on your three? I don't have just three. <laughs> oh, what the? Oh, what the I'm what literally the hell, looking at a list of only 18 that could possibly be considered for this list. And to narrow it down to just three is almost like asking to give up one of my limbs. But if I had to, if I had to save <laughs> one of your lives and I had to give up a limb and just choose three. Now, now, we, now we know why before we started recording, he suggested that we keep it to three because it could take for a while. He already knew that yes. he had 18. Oh, no, no. Well, no, no. No, his, his first suggestion was how about we do it by genre? <laughs> and that's when I was like, okay, we got to narrow Well, this I'm shit glad down. that you said that because I was down <laughs> with the genre talk too, so. All right, but anyway, Just Ryan, like sorry, we, we um, agreed not to talk about horror movies during this one because we'll save that for Halloween. October, baby. Okay. That's so right. That cuts out, that's so that cuts out a couple. Yep. All right, Ryan, sorry. Go for it. It's all good. It's a popular subject and it deserves all the attention. 
All right, so I'd have to say one of my favorite 80s movies was definitely Back to the Future. Boog, that's on my list too. That was on my list, and I knew we were probably copy something on the list, but yeah, Back to the Future still to this day holds up for me. <laughs> I still love that movie. Yeah, I think I liked them all about the same. But the thing is, the reason why it is the reason why that movie is perfect is because when they made it, they did not have any part two or part three in mind. And the fact that they could still add part two and part three and make it connect to all the time so that it gets a part one and it still flows, that means the first movie was so tight. Because writing a time travel story is hard. I have done it. <laughs> it ain't easy. And the fact that they set the rules for their time travel in their universe, and they stuck to those rules, it was, it's honestly still one of my favorite movies of any era. Well done, right? Thank you. It was a hard call, as you can imagine. But I agree. I think what made it so fun and such a great movie is the fact that it was really just fa so fantastical the idea of time travel especially for those of us as a kid was pretty novel like we look back at these well, now and they're kind of like oh yeah of course time travel or flying or stuff like that would be a thing but when you're young enough a lot of these are still completely new to you and so oh that's sorry man that's a good point so as somebody who wasn't into comic books are really sci-fi shows was that one of your first ex exposures to time travel no oh, it was definitely my first and only exposure to time travel as a child amazing okay because when i was younger my first exposure was star trek so i i always thought time travel was cool thanks to star trek that's and actually course, very good yeah and of course and then of course i was in the comic book, so there's time travel all over DC and Marvel, especially DC. Damn. When this baby hits 88 miles per hour, you're gonna see some serious shit. So that's, dude, that's awesome, man. I never met somebody where that movie was their first exposure to time travel, so, huh, so. It was my first exposure really to time cool, travel, man. too, by the way. Really? <laughs> what else, what else I mean, was there before that? Hello? Hello? Anybody home? Hey, think with fly. Think. Star Trek. Right. Well, <laughs> he says books. that, but like, for yeah, those of us the... who were young, white, and poor, we didn't have access to such well, I had tons of fantasies. I didn't fucking read the Sons of Bitches. I don't know if there were time travel stuff in them or not. Because <laughs> really, to this day, the time travel story that is still a pivotal moment of my life. Days of Future and... Past? No, it was... The City on the Edge of Forever, the quintessential Star Trek time travel story. It still holds up. It's still touching. It's still awesome. That set the bar for me when I was a kid. Uh, holy fuck, dude. I'm looking at a list of 80s movies. This is... I don't know. I shouldn't have even looked. This is just yeah. This that's, is why I did it. that's why I said I can't pick just three, but I will for so, you because anyway, I love so, you. So I'm sorry. So Ryan, go ahead. But like, so as 
as that was your first exposure to, to time travel, how did it make you feel? To me, this is really cool. Sure, I mean, I just don't think I can take that kind of rejection. Well, I was really just blown away on the idea that you could take relatively common items and if you were smart enough, you could come up with a way to make science bend to your will. And it was different because as a kid, I had been exposed to some fantasy elements like the Lord of the Rings right, and stuff like that. So it was kind of understanding how magic could do certain things. But to see technology used in a, such a fantastical way, that to me was really exciting and adventuresome. And it just kind of opened my eyes that, oh, wow, maybe there are other things we can do with technology. And it was just so much fun with the characters and how they related to each other. And they were such a... Uh, such a contrast in personalities. You had Marty McFly, who was young and impulsive and insecure. He's an asshole. And then you had, you know, old Doc, who was, you know, well, crazy. The intent here is to gain a clear perception of humanity. Where we've been, where we're going, the pitfalls and the possibilities, the perils and the promise. Perhaps even an answer to that universal question. Why? And But no, very like, confident. He was like, right, he was like the quintessential mad scientist but with a heart and that's what made him relatable well Marshall how about you sis you surprised me too about this being your first time travel exposure um, how did it make you feel when you first saw it oh uh, I thought it was cool you know you do something at this time and it happens it affects the past and this and that and just like it does now it hurts my head thinking about it it was cool, cool to see how they did it. It always, as long as it ends up well and you see it all turn out. Cool. I mean, like he, uh, Ryan said earlier, there was things that you didn't really see before. That's one th thing about, I don't know, being old, I guess. You got to see it, see shit for the first time and before it was regurgitated four or five or six times and the plot was ripped away and you know some of these some of those movies were pretty fucking cool even though some of them don't hold up anymore this one does but it's like no that's true because because as because i did some slight research into this before the podcast and i guess we're going to have to discuss it in the podcast but man there was so much subtle racism and sexism and that's shit in 80s movies man oh yeah i look back on it now going <laughs> oh my god it was <laughs> almost like they didn't know they were being offensive almost but at the same time well, it's Dan, like, did you just a generation before us did you ever see the dean martin show or any of that kind of stuff actually no those shows never even really flip even Fli flip wilson who was a prominent black comedian he was Richard Pryor, before Richard Pryor, basically, he was doing all the, what do they call it, blue material, the stuff that's all raunchy and yeah. shit. Even on his show, I mean, it was, he ran around in blackface. It was kind of like, uh, that's weird. <laughs> you know? Yeah. It was just, it was just yeah. the times, and you can't, that's no excuse at all, but it's just like, go back, just some of the shit that was going on, it was pretty nuts. 
Right, and like there are times when I'm watching an old movie from the '80s, and I was like, I would never show this to Lily. Oh my God, this was oh Jesus! <laughs> I right. used to really love this movie. Yeah, the sexism. <laughs> yeah, the the racism is bad. The sexism, I think, was a little worse. Yeah, because since the, this was the '80s, they were just coming out of the <coughs> the '60s and the '70s, so they were trying to be. Quote, quote trying to be more careful with the racism but they didn't care about the sexism mm-hmm. i mean man anyway so sorry rye like i guess this is how we do at abog but we're still talking about that's 80s cool movies. i've listened to the podcast i'm familiar with the format <laughs> <laughs> all right so um what's the next one Wait, well i guess before we leave since this is on your list what is your favorite scene from Back to the Future? Like the one that you always think of that somebody says that title to you in oh. everyday conversation. Once again, just one, one. Um, yeah, well, I, I'll, I okay, we, yeah. I, we can have, we can have it. How about the whole movie? How about, about the first the scene all the way to the last scene? That's my favorite. Okay. No, 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 no. There is a okay. scene, though, that like when I think of Back to the Future and I think how much fun it was, it, uh, it's the scene where Marty gets on stage and he is about to fade away and he yeah. starts losing the ability to play because his hands and his body's going transparent. And then yeah. out on the dance floor, his mom and dad finally kiss for the first time and fall in love. And then he springs Pops back up. up. Yep. Dude, and right, then he right. starts rocking out. Oh my right. God, that song. Every time I hear it, I think about I, that. I guess movie. you're not ready for that, but your children are going to love it. Right, right. Exactly. And plus, how how that scene completes Marty's arc because before he went back in time, he had just been denied singing at the school show. So he went back in time and actually got to sing at the school show. I love that arc completion. That arc completion. It's subtle, but it definitely like that. fulfills that part of him and right. brings the story full circle. So yeah, it's yep. lots of layers in that movie. There are so like the, well, it's can, like the older you get, be. the more you see like, oh, man, right, okay, cool, okay, well, should we, well, let's do it by person. All right, Ryan, that's one of your three, and that was your favorite scene. Um, what's the other one on your list? Want me to go again? Yeah, let's do it. All right, man. By person. Yeah, fair enough, fair enough. Okay, so. The next one is a childhood uh, movie that just made me realize that, like, if you've got a good bunch of friends, anything's possible. And <laughs> if you've got a good bike, Here we go. there's yeah, no yeah. adventure you can't <laughs> uh, my list. Uh, get to you. Goonies. Yeah, I think it is. Down here, it's our time. It's our time down here. Goonies, yeah. Goonies, man. Oh, that movie was <laughs> that... so amazingly fun. That movie, even though I don't know why this happened, but that movie actually is what made me have a crush on Cindy Lauper. <laughs> I, I don't know why. Like she was only in one brief scene and then her song, but it the, song, me, the song does know. it for me. But Cindy Lauper, <laughs> I, I never no, I never had a thing for her. But absolutely, the song the song does it for me. It gives me all them childhood feels. Alright then, how about this, Marsha and Ryan? Which of the girls did you 
find most attractive. The one with the glasses or the one who was like a cheerleader or something. The grandmother. The only thing we serve is tongue. You've got problems. <laughs> but throw, hey, you know, throw them from the train. Go. <laughs> Equal opportunity romantic. I love it. She, she was a badass. She could kill me. I dig it. <laughs> uh, I was definitely had more of a crush on the cheerleader girl. Of course. Well, she was supposed no, to be the pretty one to well, go saying, ride, right, right, but on top saying, of that, you know. she okay, had a little bit more of an adventuresome the... spirit than the, the girl with glasses. She was kind of a hesitant participant. Whoa, whoa, no. You, you have those completely mixed up. And, it was the cheerleader who was the one that was like, eh, I don't know. Andy, it's cold down here. Andy was it the was, cheerleader. Right. The girl with the glasses is the one that was like, yeah, we're down here, we need to deal with this. And that's why I had a crush on her, because she was part of the adventure. You had to kind of pull the cheerleader alone, but her friend was like, yeah, it's happening, let's do this. So, I don't know. That's cool, because like... We got to see Velma and Daphne on screen before we actually got to see them on screen. Oh my... Holy shit, Marsh. Dum, dum, dum. Holy shit, you just blew my mind. That's exactly <laughs> what they were. It's <laughs> a good point, actually, yeah. Marsh okay, so, puts the pieces together. Now the universe makes sense. So, so Marsh went from, <laughs> I want to fuck the grandma, to actually have like an epiphany, and that blew my mind. <laughs> Goonies never say die! Man, Goonies is my jam, dude. I mean, for real, that might have been one of my favorite movies growing up in the 80s was the Goonies that got me off in the woods that got me exploring drainage ditches and you know what's funny I mean going underground and that movie got me doing shit that I would have never done you know also I was the same way like me and Jen my sister we both loved the Goonies like we would draw maps to like lead to the treasure yeah that's too cool scavenger hunts and shit like that right yeah Yeah. it made us more adventurous and i think maybe part of the reason why the cheerleader never really did anything for me is because jen hated that character jen was like why is she acting she's on an adventure why is she whining i was like i don't know sis i mean maybe she's scared <laughs> yeah but the other girl is scared i said right and the boys are scared well it's up a chunk yeah but he, but he came around yeah, you're right. Okay, uh, I don't know, but she could not stand would, that character. I would be scared too if if uh, if I had the fucking Fratellis chasing me with guns and shit. <laughs> hey, true, but if you think about if the, it, the if you take if you much... take the criminals out of it and it just be a mishap and you're stuck down there, that would be awesome. No, see, what's funny is as a kid. You say that real quick. Hold on. Point. Yeah. You say that that would be awesome, stuck underground, like you right, know, with a miscrap. I was just right, right, right. Because I was. You could go. Say, you want to take this one, Pat? Yeah, because like when I was a kid, the crooks never scared me. It was all the traps that scared me, like the boulders and the and like the spike. Tanner, where are you going? I'm setting booty traps. Booby traps. That's what I said, Sam. Setting booby traps in case of anybody's following us. Like if we told us so we can hear them coming. Yeah, but those things were old, man. I mean, if you just took a run for it and just ran, you'd have been all right. It took 20 (laughs) minutes for them boulders to snap (laughs) off and fall. You know what I'm saying? The thing had to say, shit, it rolled over here and snap. And then rolled over here and snap. Wow. So So where I would have have died 
would have been at the uh, the organ when I had to play to open the oh. door. That's when I would have died because I just unless the gods were with me and I just hit the shit and it opened and been like, oh, oh, hey, okay. It's an A sharp, or if it's a B flat, you get the wrong note, or B flat. <laughs> no, I would have fallen into that pit of spikes. That okay. would have been it. Okay, so so Ryan, I'm assuming me and you were in the same boat where. It was the traps that were more scary, or were you also scared by the criminals? The criminals were an uncomfortable part of it, but <laughs> they weren't an interactive threat. I think the right. traps were much more real because you didn't know which way the traps were going to go. You right. knew the criminals were basically going to try to capture them. They probably right. weren't going to hurt them, but they definitely <laughs> right. were going to capture them. They might kill right. them. But the right. traps, you know... Anything could happen. The, oh, the booty traps. Right, because didn't you see the booty? Right, because right. I think what it is. It just occurred to me. The traps did not care how old you were, kid or adult. They would kill you. Right. The criminals may have mercy on you since you're a kid, and, and as long as they got paid, they would probably let you go. That's <laughs> a think, good way that's, to put it. I agree with that. I think that's what it was with me. Yeah. <sighs> now I will say the only time the bad guys scare me. It's when they put Chunk's hand into, into the blender. Tell me everything. What, you... Okay. <laughs> and then I pushed my sister <laughs> down the stairs and I blamed it on the dog. Everything. Everything. Okay, I'll talk. In third grade, I cheated on my history exam. In fourth grade, I stole my Uncle Max's toupee and I glued it on my face when I played Moses in my Hebrew school play. In fifth grade, I knocked my sister Edie down the stairs and I blamed it on the dog. And that joke yeah. has been repeated God. in countless movies ever since right. then. Right. It's even going to be repeated in an upcoming movie called The Spy Who Dumped Me. Which, if you oh, haven't seen the previous four, I have it. Yeah, I mean, I saw if the you previews, haven't seen right. it, check it out. Oh, but that that did make me like Rocky Road. Rocky Road. <laughs> Rocky Road. <laughs> That's, that was the first placement. I got to try. Is it the Goonies? No, that's not true. That's not true. There was another movie that had product placement that is actually worked to today. Oh, yeah. Oh, now that I'm older, I'm like, wow, so much product placement. (laughs) 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 And no shame. (laughs) No shame back then, man. Oh, but I will say, Back to the Future, I think that's when I actually started to hate arrogant rich people. Because they were the real bad guys. They were going to bulldoze their neighborhood to build a golf course. And like they were so smug and arrogant about you it. You know and what, like, oh, what no, movie I, made me hate like corporation deals was Poltergeist. Oh, the ancient Indian burial ground. Right. Yeah, that- <laughs> You moved the cemetery, but you left the bodies, didn't you? You son of a bitch, you left the bodies and you only moved the headstones! You only moved the headstones! Right! Right! Right. I think that's an, I think that's okay, an easy movie, but that's not on my list. That's a great movie, though. Okay, Rise, since this is also on 
his list, I'll actually ask you what is your favorite scene from the Goonies? It's the one that you think of when you hear Goonies. Jeez. I think my favorite scene was when, and we haven't even mentioned it, so that's why I feel odd almost mentioning it now, but when Chunk and Sloth come in at the very end to save everyone, when they were both the (laughs) underdogs and the comic relief the entire time. What is that? Oh shit, what? And they, they were both left behind, yep. and they were both mistreated, and yep. the end, they came in clutch, yep. right? Yeah. That's what made me go, yes, that's why we love you guys. Even if you have the face of a mushroom that's been squished <laughs> by a boot. I only, I only jumped you once. Well, maybe twice. <laughs> uh, when I heard that scene, I did ask my mom, Mom, did you ever drop me? And she's like, no, Pat, I never dropped you. <laughs> Did she admit it? No, no, she said, no, Pat, I never dropped you. That's all right. <laughs> but because she told me in confidence, and I wasn't sure if you knew or not. Ah, uh, um, nice, nice fucker. <laughs> nice. The cool thing about that is when they fell down that water slide <clears throat> and they came out and saw the ship under in the cave or whatever, <clears throat> they had kept that from all the kids. That was the first time they had ever actually seen it. Oh, really? Yeah. That's so... They're, so their actual expressions. That's real. Oh, yeah. that's, it was. I saw it on MTV. It was like a behind, really cool. behind the something. Now we are almost half an hour into this recording. Well, that's why Please I'm chiming. That, that's why recording. I'm chiming on uh, chiming in on Goonies because I don't need to talk. About oh no, it again no. I mean, it's on my list too. No, no. I mean, not. No, not about the time because I've already decided this is way too much fun. I'm gonna keep going until we're done. Uh, <laughs> but. Um, I'm just trying to make sure we're all recording? recording because I would hate to lose all this good all this good stuff. So I'm recording. Ryan, are you recording? I'm recording. I am Marsh. just sitting here staring at the computer the whole time. Awesome. I well yeah. um yep. Ryan, that's dude, that's awesome, man. Um what's your last one? What's your third one? Oh man. Um I'm looking at my list here. I'm trying to see. Oh, oh. I'll tell you what. It's a real toss-up between these two. Okay. But I would have to say the one that probably moved me the most as a kid was E.T. Wow. Okay. Well, before we get into E.T., what was the one that tied it? Never Ending Story is probably my, oh my personal God, favorite 80s story. movie of all I time. Forgot, besides Star Wars. I forgot that one. Well, yeah, that's good. No, I can no, take I, that off my list and yeah. add something else. Because that's that was a pretty pivotal movie for me when I was a kid. Oh, man. Oh, God. I love that too. movie. Like, Bill, but do you know why that movie was affecting me because so Because the horse died? When they killed... They killed... They killed, yeah, they killed that killed damn horse. <laughs>
worst scene and of like, my childhood ever. And like me and my sister were both watching that movie, and we are both in tears. And my mom was like, "Do you want me to stop?" It was like, "No, we have to see." Dude, I saw it in the I saw it in the movie theater, dude. What got the pain oh, no. What got me was uh, I couldn't hold on to him. These big strong hands. <laughs> they look like big, good, strong hands, don't they? I always thought that's what they were. Oh, my little friends. I couldn't hold on to them. <laughs> I'm like, oh my god! The bat! The snail! And right. the oh. end with the wolf bear with me I can't remember it's name it's something really cool oh my god that uh, movie was so intense yeah. and the wolf is in the cave at the end and right. nothing's more, coming more, and more. the wolf says I have let it down I have looked for a boy named Atreyu but he has slipped my grasp I almost had him in the swamps Sadness, of despair yeah. And he's like, I'm a Treyu! Come at me now! Rawr! Right! His name was a Treyu. If we're about to die anyway, I'd rather die fighting! Come for me, Gmok! I am a Treyu! That oh scene my God, was that so movie, intense. That, that entire movie, now that I think about it, was really intense for a kid. Yes. <laughs> it is really Very and intense. Like, it had me on the edge of my seat until he shouted her name. That until, thanks to the internet, I finally <laughs> learned what the fuck he said. What has he <laughs> said? Just recently, we, we talked about me? it on the podcast. <laughs> I still yeah. don't know. Um, I actually can't. Fair enough. Because I'm. I will actually iPad. Google I'll, it, and that'll I'll be one less right thing now. keeping me up at night. See, because like as a kid, so I would my psyche. As a kid, I would rewind that part again yep. and again. I would go, I would go, Jen. It's just like no, I can't understand. And what it he's doesn't, and it's not even years. what you sound. It sounds like, right. but once you hear it, you hear right. it. But it didn't even sound like right. that. Yeah. But the movie was so intense, even if you didn't understand didn't her matter. name, you knew he, he, he succeeded, right? And that last crane shot overhead where you saw him on the horse, that rebuilt my faith in humanity as a kid. <laughs> like, it's a happy ending. Yeah. He got the horse back. And then at the very end, where he gets back at the bullies, dude, as what? somebody, who, as somebody oh. who was bullied, that was oh he so He says, Moonchild! Moonchild, it's the most. Wasn't it supposed to be his yes, mother's name? It is. Though? Okay. <laughs> but, that, <laughs> now this now I suddenly feel like this movie has dropped a notch in my mind. <laughs> hey, but I'm kidding. But, I still you know what did movie. happen. Who am I kidding? You, you know what did happen though. <laughs> I, after I discovered that piece of information, I told myself. 
no matter how dark it gets on the internet, it served its purpose by finally <laughs> clearing up that mystery for me that would have hunted me to my grave. Like, what did he say? <laughs> um, sir, you're you're dying. I have to know. <laughs> As you die and your your life before passes go. before your eyes, it shows you all your mistakes, and that was one of them. You're like, what the fuck? And then it goes to the next thing, and it's like. I never knew. I never knew. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, that's how ghosts are born. That would be a fucked up way to become a ghost. <laughs> what the fuck did There's Bastion say? Ways, sure, <laughs> I couldn't leave this mortal coal without The Empress needed a new name. I couldn't understand it. The fucking storm was too strong. <laughs> Right, <laughs> fucking thunder. The kid, the kid couldn't articulate. I had to go outside, leave his head out the window, and scream into the fucking storm. That doesn't do shit. I think he just could have said it under his breath. He's reading the story, the right? <laughs> Jesus Christ, Bastion! Oh. Fucking drama, dude's oh, fucking with my psyche my. over here. Dude, okay, okay, I'm sorry. That was the movie that tied you. Yes. Um, let's, let's go back to E.T. <laughs> so, <laughs> so apparently I get if, four. Boo yeah. <laughs> yes. Well, what about E.T. that like touched you? Well, I think that was probably because I saw that pretty Stop, Marsh. Yeah. Stop. 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 <laughs> Stop. <laughs> I said nothing. I was really young I don't remember how old I was when I saw that I'd have to do the math but I had to be like seven ish and so I was basically if I'm not mistaken Elliot's age so when he was having that experience I could totally identify with how he was handling it like how he was trying to be clever and try to like keep the you know the alien safe from the people but like you know having to use kid solutions Um, but I think what I remember so vividly was when he first found it because it's like it starts off in the woods and you're like what's going on and these lights happen and you're like what's going on and then there's like this scurrying of movement and you're like why are you still in the woods kid get out of there and finally you meet et and then elliot's like oh i have to take you with me and so he's trying to figure out a way to bring uh the you know the alien home and so he pulls open a bag of reese's uh pieces and he starts laying a trail to lead it into his bedroom by the by sorry right talk about the most perfect product placement any company could ever ask for in a movie. Do you know how many times I asked my mom for some Reese's because of E.T.? Yeah. <laughs> you are not yeah. the only one. I still to this day love Reese's Pieces over Reese's Peanut Butter Cups, and I know it's specifically because it's of gotta be. Yep. Yeah. No, they worked their little advertising magic and definitely <laughs> they did. They did. passed the glamour over many a young child on that day. 
So anyway, moving on, it was just a fun movie in the fact that it was relatable as a young child's perspective dealing with another fantastical element. Because I think at that time, I don't know if I had seen Star Wars yet. Uh, I want to say I hadn't. So I believe this is another one of my early exposures to something as foreign as uh, an alien. Right. And so, like, time travel, aliens, like, those kind of things that were in the sci-fi genre I was not very familiar with. And I loved them as soon as I got to them, but they were very foreign to me. So this concept of this kid about my age dealing with this, you know, obviously friendly, but, well, (laughs) at least docile, if not necessarily friendly, alien, because it they did a good job of making E.T. not belong there. But at the right. same time, he wasn't a threat or it. Right. I don't even know. <laughs> right. So, like, so it was kind of like, why? It was kind of like, why does the government want to hurt him? Because as a kid, it's like, I don't understand why they want to hurt him. It's obvious he can't hurt anybody. He's not a threat. Right. I mean, now that I'm older, it's like, oh, they want to dissect him and, like, learn all of his alien secrets. But as a kid, you're like, he needs our help. Why are you trying to hurt him? And that is how a kid should think i think so i mean spielberg has i cannot count how many spielberg movies have molded me (laughs) when i was a kid man i can't even i can't even imagine having that kind of career where you molded an entire generation (laughs) with Uh, your movies repeatedly (laughs) repeatedly not just one repeatedly with different genres e.t jaws um Indiana Jones is on that list, too. Prepare to meet Kali in hell. Snakes. Why did it have to be snakes? Asps. Very dangerous. You go first. Right! Right! Oh, my God. Him and, George, him and George Lucas molded an entire generation, and that blows my mind. <laughs> anyway, okay, Rye, so um, what is your favorite scene from E.T. that really, that really hits you? Well, there's two of them that I think of. One of them is my favorite scene, and one of them is just a scene that no matter how hard I try, no matter how hard, I mean, how much I grow up, uh, I just can't get this particular scene to quit haunting me and it's this scene where it's after the first or second day that elliot um has had et and they're going to school and they're about to get on the bus and the older teenagers come up to tease and taunt them and they're about to get on the bus and the older teenager one of them is like so what you've got this alien now where'd you get him from Uranus, get it, your anus. And as a kid, I didn't get the joke immediately until I could kind of piece together through context that he's being crude. But I didn't even know what the word anus meant. And I barely recognized Uranus as a planet. So for me, that was such a over-my-head joke. But it's so damn painfully horrible of a pun that it scarred my psyche and stayed with me as an adult. <laughs> I still oh. hate that one particular scene because of oh that damn God. joke. But okay, with that well. said, my favorite scene <laughs> that I actually love when I watch it is that moment when they're 
writing and obviously E.T. has almost died or has died and comes back to life and and you get this sense of, oh my goodness we can still save him so like the adventure's back on and they bundle up E.T. and Elliot puts him on the front of his bike and they start riding their way through and you've got these cops oh, yeah. and everything and the parents are right. trying to stop them and they're like trying to get away and it's like so intense because a kid is not doing what a parent or a grown up is telling him to do like blatantly all of them is like one big packer leaving and like running and escaping and it's like so mind-blowing like you, you can't do that those are parents and then <laughs> right. they start riding down the street and they see up ahead that there's the police car and the two sheriff cars or whatever like blocking the road and you know oh no this is it you can't you might be able to talk back against your parents. You might be able to run away from adults, but those are cops, and they have shotguns. <laughs> and this game is over. You are done. And then, right at that moment, Elliot's like, "Keep going. We got to keep going." Grab <laughs> the cars. ET do it. Telekinetically picks them all up, and they start flying over the cars over <laughs> into the moon. And I was mind blown as a child because A, he hadn't demonstrated any power right. to that point, and B, the concept of telekinesis was completely unheard of to my little childish mind, and I loved it. It was so beautiful, so iconic, it was That's so cool. magical. Okay. That movie is what got okay. me uh, liking Drew Barrymore. Cool I had the biggest crush on her. So there you go. I would say those are my four whoa, favorite whoa. childish... Really? Because like she was like six. Yeah, well, right? I was I was, was like what? Was she five, six, seven, something? I mean, I was pretty damn young. Okay, that's fair. I was I was just trying to give you a hard time. And I would have yeah, never I, seen Cat's Eye if it wasn't for excited that Drew Barrymore was in it. And I watched that movie, and that movie <laughs> fucking scarred me, dude. I, I loved it, but damn, that movie scarred the <laughs> shit out of me. Yeah. So, so Ryan. Cat Sot is the movie that nobody remembers except for that one scene where the cats steal your breath while you're sleeping. The little troll that fucking came in and the cats were protecting him. And, dude, that cat went through, it was like three storylines. I, I don't know if it was three directors, but this cat got summoned by this little girl, <laughs> dude, from the states away from the other. So he's made his way to the damn... <clears throat> Man, it was pretty fucking horrible because it was like the little troll, maybe two inches, three inches tall, maybe a little bigger, I don't know, but it would climb around in the walls and it would open the wall like a mouse hole, like Tom and Jerry, like a mouse hole, and it would open the window and it would suck the air out of the kid while they were asleep, and then when he ran back in the hole, he closed it back like with magic to where you couldn't even tell it was gone, and it was pretty frightening, it was Stephen King, so it was a pretty freaky little puppet sorry go yep. go go ahead i didn't mean to i actually have well, okay. not Dude, heard cat's eye it's, seen that movie. it's an 80s movie but it's still really good because well, stephen king does that's the stuff, second so part of it was it the people that are like the rich people that are trying to quit smoking they sign up for this project or this this company or whatever and they sign a, a waiver i guess because they will do anything to you First, you know, you're trying to smoke a cigarette, and you notice that the guy in the car next to you is one of the people. And you're like, oh, shit, I need to stop smoking. Because there's, like, benefits, and they charge you money if you caught smoking. And to the point where they put this motherfucker's wife in, in a shock room and make him watch her jump around. Because the cat's in there, too. You know, the cat's made its way around, and that's how you see <laughs> this. You know, it's through the cat's perspective. 
not the cat's perspective, but the story is the cat's story. <clears throat> it's like, I don't remember much about it, but to get his wife out of the fucking <laughs> shock room, he's got to go around the whole building on the ledge on whatever floor. Ridiculous story it was. And the guy's coming out and fucking blowing air horns at him and pigeons come and peck his feet. And it's pretty fucking hardcore, dude. Cat's Eye is an awesome movie. <clears throat> back, back to E.T., sorry. So bad. <laughs> That was your. <laughs> that was your top three slash four. Oh, I would say those are my favorite childhood eighties movies. I That's have, fair. I could easily break it up into. Oh, age I know, yeah, because as you've been talking, I'm like, man, three. I hate that. I I made that rule because I'm having a hard time trying to narrow down my three by by the by the age bracket I was in in the 80s, so I feel your pain. <laughs> Good luck. All right, so who would like to go ahead and take the next round? I'll, I'll go for it. Man, so this is hard because I also love comedies, and there were some good comedy Tons. movies in the 80s. <laughs> so many. So... It's hard to narrow down, so I guess I'll start off with a non-comedy. But this was a movie that I was an older kid. I was still a kid, but I was an older kid. But this movie blew my mind. It blew Jen's mind. It is one of our co-favorite 80s movies together. Die Hard. Do you really think you have a chance against us, Mr. Cowboy? Yippee-ki-yay, motherfucker. Die Hard is an amazing movie. It is it, on it, my it, list. It is. It is it, right, great. right, dude. Like now that I'm older and I can actually <clears throat> tell the craft work, it is flawless. The writing, the directed, every situation he found himself in was because of a previous action he took. It wasn't forced. It wasn't anything. Why is he barefoot? He was trying to relieve his after-flight stress like that one guy at totem two on the plane how come he was how come he was still barefoot the one time he, he killed the terrorist his shoes were, his shoes were too small i mean it everything added up to why he was in a situation come on to the coast we'll get together have a few laughs and it was the first time that i can remember as a kid that i understood the appeal of a charismatic bad guy because up wow, till then yeah. a bad guy was a bad guy yep. but Hans Gruber was so charismatic you kind of yeah, almost Alan wanted Rick, him to Alan win Alan Rickman's a pretty badass <laughs> dude man yeah. right right if they ended up getting away somehow and uh, John ended up saving his family you'd call it an even draw and you'd be okay with well, it and, right and that was the problem with the first test screening so, in order to hammer home that he couldn't get away with the crime, they actually went back and wrote that scene where he shot the guy in the head. Just to hammer home to the audience, yeah, he's charismatic, but he's still a bastard. Because in the original screenplay, he didn't do that. And he was so charismatic, all the test readings were like, we kind of want him to win. I mean, he he planned he planned all this. He didn't really <laughs> hurt anybody. He was he was just, just wanted to get rich. So they had to go back and add that scene where no, no, he's a fucker. 
he shot this good man in the head. So that that is why that scene is in there. Just to hammer home, no, we can't let him get away with the crime. He's a bad guy. He's got to go. <laughs> I gotcha. I did not know that. That's actually really cool. Yeah. Yep. But that movie is just... To this day, it's still... If it comes on TV, I will stop and watch it. No matter what part of the movie it's in. And I'm trying to think about the scene I always think about in that movie because there are so many scenes. Honestly, it's the iconic scene where he's jumping off the building with the fire hose. Yep. Cause it, and the reason why is because as that's happening, he's talking to himself. Oh, God, this is crazy. What am I doing? Oh, God. Oh, no. What am I doing? Oh, Lord. Oh, Lord. And like, it's the first time in an 80s movie where the hero is like, Oh, he's scared. Because, you know, if that was Tom or Arnold, they'd be like, no problem, I'm Arnold. And this jump off, he was like, oh, God, John, what are you doing? <laughs> what are you doing, man? Right. And, like, it was like, wow, he's scared, but he's still going to do it. And to me, that's a hero. And that movie, and that scene, despite all the uh, the great scenes, still sticks with me. That's my favorite scene as well. But I hadn't quite formulated it as well as you did in my mind but you're right it's because he becomes that hero we can identify with who who, right and at that moment we understand what he's going through but at the same time we believe that he can do it because if if he can do it then we can do it and that makes us all heroes right right exactly oh but just just the craft work of the movie like again like how come Hans Gruber had no idea Hollywood was his wife because they got into a fight and she turned their picture down because she was mad at him. And like everything added up to the perfect reveal of Hans going, wait the picture, he pulls it up and you're thinking, oh no, oh no. And like, anyway, the movie is one of the best action movies I think of all time with crowd. It was funny, it was touching. Even the sidekick, like now... Y'all may not know the joy, but as a black person, seeing another black character actor not be incompetent and like even be smarter than the white guy he's working for, that shit was golden. Yeah, <laughs> that right, shit was right, awesome. Right. The so, poli- was he the police chief or was he just like the c- captain on the scene? No, no, he was just like a beat cop. Like he was just a beat the, cop, wasn't he? Right, but he right, still but knew captain, his stuff, and he wasn't going to let right. this renegade civilian right. run up right. ramshackle. No, 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 because the the captain that was assigned to it was incompetent, and like every smart idea the captain had, the black cop had first. He just didn't have any power, and then you find out that the reason why he's a beat cop is because he couldn't get promoted after that accidental shooting when he killed that kid and it was like oh my god so it's it's anyway it's every scene works every scene mattered and it all added up to a great movie and i think that's why no matter how much i enjoy all the other diehard movies it can't top that first one that first one is just a perfectly crafted action movie i've never seen it top that you have to be messing with us. No, I, I'm, is, I'm really not. I've seen the 10 minutes here and there, and then all the quotes and all the everything else, but no, I've never actually seen it. How, how 
how the fuck have you seen all these crappy hey, movies from the you 80s leave Highlander you alone, seen man. Die Hard? <laughs> oh my god. Really, the best the best movie he ever did was Greystoke. His first movie. That movie is awesome. That's the that's the one I was talking about. Okay, You're so, so, lame. You're so <laughs> that's lame. that's old. That's You're on my list, list now. Of one of them. Um. All right, Pat. Well, then, what's your next one? Since obviously Die Hard is uh, okay, you know, um, could be a contender for number one. It's so weird, man. Like there are yeah, so no. many I want to add now, but since I'm the one that made the rule, I'm going to s- stick to it. But I will have to that say a movie that really, minutes. yeah, I know the movie that really to this. I mean. It's a movie I saw in a theater, so I couldn't pause it and I couldn't look away. I just had to go alone for the ride, <laughs> right? But it was Transformers the movie. That movie mm. destroyed me. I I'm mean, glad I didn't see that in the theater. Yeah, it was me, my sister, and my godbrother. And my godbrother wasn't really into it. Me and Jim were. It's, it's, it sucks when you when you want to impress people and you cry in front of them. It's bad. Because <laughs> I, I remember it was the movie theater by the Metro Center. And if you're not from Jackson, you don't know what I'm talking about. Because it's, it's going now. It's been bulldozed. It doesn't exist anymore. But we went to that one. And I remember sitting in the middle section. Not, not the top and bottom, but the middle. And no, A... It's a fun movie if you're a kid and you love Transformers. It had the 80s synth pop music like going up. You gotta touch. You got the power. Anyway, <laughs> it, it is so 80s now. But it was the shit back in the day. And they kind of warned you what kind of movie it was going to be in the first <laughs> five yeah, minutes. Blow Ironhide's ass all over the fucking... No. Not, not even that. It's when they had the, it's when they had the adult skip say, "Oh shit!" When he got pulled in, in the unicron, and I'm like, oh, "Wait, right. they just cussed in a in a Transformers cartoon movie?" And I was like, "Uh oh, this ain't my mom was Transformers." So I was like, "It's about then, to go down." And yeah. then, like Mark said, that almost. If, a few scenes later, they took out a crap load of beloved Autobots, um, Ironhide, um, the ambulance, but I forget what his name was. Uh, Ratchet. Ratchet. Did they Ratchet? No, Jazz? Ratchet was the uh, was the fire truck guy that fixed stuff. Oh right, but they took him out right. too. Right, like it was but, all the the B Transformers that were like running around. They got lines every once in a while, but they fucking wiped out the whole ship full of all of them. They're like, we're not right, drawing but, all these mothers. Uh uh-uh. uh fuck that. But the thing is, out of all of them on the cartoon, Ironhide was the toughest. He was like, yeah. he was. Optimus Prime's muscle, like Ironhide, take him out because he was he was Ironhide. He was the tough one, and to see Ironhide oh. on on his stomach crawling towards Megatron, going no, as Megatron goes sentimental, whatever, and then blew him away with his arm cannon. I was like, what is going on? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it was 
brutal ride. And I know you weren't into it, but as a kid who was in the Transformers and saw almost every episode of the cartoon show, my mind was being shattered <laughs> every other scene. Yeah, I mean, Optimus hurt. But Ironhide was the one that made me drop a couple tears. By by the time I, Optimus showed up, I was already hardened. No, see, I was like, no, I was the, Ironhide. I was the opposite because I was like, it's okay. They still have Optimus, Optimus the undefeated, Optimus the unstoppable leader. <laughs> so well, I, I was never right. the smartest in the neighborhood. I was always bigger than some of the kids, so I kind of fancied myself as Ironhide. Whenever he died, I got that you. was it. It was. I got you. Well, with, with me, it was like, they still have the man. You know, they still have Optimus Prime. It's in his name, Prime. And so, you know, they're coming in on Dollar ship, and there's Hot Rod, that fucker, and the, and the new kid. And they're like, Decepticon! And the fight's on, right? And it's a big fight. They're, it's a stalemate, but the Decepticon started to overrun the base. And the Optimus has the hero moment. Megatron must be stopped no matter the cost. Cue the rock music from the 80s. (laughs) You got the touch! Megatron must be stopped no matter the cost. You got the touch! You got the Like he, yeah, and he kills like and, 12 Decepticons on his way to right, all by himself <laughs> and then like he kills them in chunk form and then he flips over them with his with his cannon kills some more being a complete badass superhero leader right and I'm like that's right mother I'm like as a kid I didn't cuss but I was like that's right Optimus man Optimus anyway so oh. um, yeah it was hurtful and then it was Okay, the scene I always remember, so you won't have to ask me. It's like, it's the final showdown between Optimus and Megatron. It's this really badass moment where Megatron says, I'm kind of, I don't know the exact words, so it's kind of a, a Why do you throw your life like, away so recklessly? Away so easily. And Optimus says, that's a, that's a question you should ask yourself, Megatron. <laughs> One shall stand, one shall fall. Why throw away your life so recklessly? That's a question you should ask yourself, Megatron. And I was like, as a kid, that was the most badass shit I had ever heard before. (laughs) I'm like, it's going down. And then it's this epic battle between the two most powerful Transformers. And Optimus wins, and he has Megatron on his knees, it's over. But Optimus being the hero is still like <laughs> Megatron goes, Mercy Prime, mercy. And Optimus goes, Mercy? For for one who who, who has none? I thought you were made of sterner stuff. <laughs> like badass line after badass line. No more Optimus Prime! Grant me mercy, I beg of you! You were without mercy. Now plead for it. I thought you were made of sterner stuff. Optimus has the situation handled. And then here comes motherfucking punk-ass Hot Rod. (laughs) Trying to be the hero. Trying to be the man. Oh, man. Anyway, so... Hot Rod... 
Megatron uses Hot Rod as a shield. He finds a gun and he <laughs> shoots Optimus Prime down like a dog. Well, first, first he like, has that dagger and sticks him in the ribs a couple times with it. Yeah, and then he shoots him. He shivved him, man. And he, Fucking Hot Rod. And then, and then he throws Hot Rod aside like the cheap trash he is, and he walks up to Prime and goes. I would have waited an eternity for this. It's over, Prime. It's over, Prime. That was on the commercials. Right. And then with his one last ounce of strength, Prime goes, never! And takes Megatron down with one last punch. Anyway, I'm sorry, Rock or Marshall, if you've seen this movie a million times. I just reacted (laughs) the entire (laughs) pivotal scene of my childhood. Ba weep, grana. Weep, ninny bong. That's okay, because when this podcast is listened 437 years in the future, and there's actually a single individual who hasn't seen this movie, they'll be inspired to go see it. But it was an amazing recap, and it was exactly as awesome as you described. And I was always so mad at the other Autobots for not holding Hot Rod responsible. <laughs> to this day, I'm like, the only reason he's dead is because of Hot Rod! <laughs> and the only yeah. reason he became Rodimus was because he was the one quick enough to catch the fucking Matrix of... <laughs> right! <laughs> he was the Hot Rod. It's like, the cosmic power axe is falling, it's gonna hit the ground, the Flash catches it quickly, here! And then hands it to the guy that they wanted to be the leader, but no, you touched it first, buddy. Well, what do you mean? I don't want the right. Infinity Gauntlet. Yeah. <laughs> right. What the fuck? And I couldn't, I couldn't even be happy that he became Rodimus Prime. I was like, the old, <sighs> you killed Optimus! <laughs> okay, did you keep watching the TV show after the movie? I did, of course. How excited were you whenever the white, the white Optimus came, when he came back? I was so excited, I bought the toy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and that's what they wanted you to do. Absolutely. Yeah. It was the first first example of heroes really don't die in comics or anything. Well, for depending, me... Depending was, on the... Yeah. But, yeah, so... Yeah. And, like, oh, huh. the, one, the one last line from... Megatron, after he became Galvatron, is that he comes back to take the crown back from Starscream. He he walks in all badass. Starscream is like, Megatron, is that you? And all he says was, here's a hit. And he transforms into a a a massive cannon and blows Starscream away. (laughs) Like, I was like, this movie is so hardcore, man. And then steps on the crown on his way up the steps to sit in in the throne. Right. Who disrupts my coronation? Coronation, Starscream? This is bad comedy. Megatron? Is that you? Here's a hint. <laughs> Will anyone else attempt to fill his shoes? What do you say? Galvatron. Oh, and one last thing that came from a supporting character, somebody who wasn't even important, but when they're on trail on the Shark Transformer planet, <laughs> and, 
Right. Yeah, that one guy goes, spare me this mockery of justice. Guilty or innocent. Spare me this mockery of justice. Innocent. <laughs> and then they just killed him. Oh, I was God, like, God. you went out like a G, man. <laughs> that was epic. <laughs> anyway, that wraps it up. Sorry, I rambled, but... <laughs> But yeah, that was my number two. <laughs> and I guess my number three, I'm not going to include a comedy. I'm going to include the movie that actually made me a fan of fantasy. And that was Legends. Oh, Tom Cruise. Well played, sir. That, it was the first, like, because I was never into Lord of the Rings, all of that. So th that's my first fantasy movie, and it blew my mind. Like, the magic, the this, the sheer spectacle of it all. And yeah. the fact that, yeah. And then, like, the fact that the makeup on Tim Curry was so awesome. He looked like a hell lord, you know what I'm saying? Flawless. And then, right. And his voice, oh, I mean, to this he's day. He's such an yeah. amazing actor. Please. That's the movie that had me really digging on that chick, uh, and she was in Ferris Bueller's Day Off too. Yep, yep. And I and I so Sloan. was trying, I so was trying to include that movie on my list, but I couldn't let go of Legend. It's all good, man. It, we it's been it mentioned. Does, That's all that matters. Yeah, it it doesn't always get its props, but I still love that movie. Oh like, no, it doesn't quite hold up anymore but it's still it's still also because no, Bueller's had me on a dark path man because i will say my favorite scene in legends is the death scene of tim curry because he's like you can never escape the darkness it is always in you and it's always around. i was like man he's right oh no and then like there's no happy, hope man. This isn't really a so, victory. Right. What does all this mean? We sacrifice all this. Doesn't goodness win? No. Not forever. Well, well what? you right, win, and, but goodness, no. But, like, the point the point of the movie was it was a cycle, and you always need to have heroes to stand against the darkness. Right. And as a kid, I was like, right, that blew my mind. You can't actually beat it because it has to be a balance. So, anyway, Legends. And as an yeah. as an homage, since you did mention that movie, uh, my girlfriend would, if she was here, claim that's one of her top three for sure. She loves that movie. And, and if and if Jen was here, she would she would insist on me giving my fourth my fourth mention, like you had yours, and hers would be the Dark Crystal. I love that movie. I have it on yeah. my list, but I was going to save it for Halloween because it is creepy. Yeah. It is creepy. But my sister being my sister, her favorite scene is, you have wings? 
course I do. I'm a girl. She loves that scene. <laughs> she loves it. <laughs> that, but she loves it. That and the yeah. secret of Nim are Another right there. Another great oh. movie, dude. Yeah, yeah. I have that them, movie I have them both. I tried to let. I tried so to let watch. I tried to watched it. Well, the the animation, the characters were so expressive in their faces. You didn't see that shit yep. at the time. Yeah, I mean, not at when all. they they squinted, and I mean, when they were horrified, you could see it in their fucking face. You didn't yeah. know what the whoa. I tried to let Natalie watch that. She got about 10 minutes in. She didn't even see any of the scary shit. Just uh, Dom DeLuise being comedy relief and the fucking dragon, the cat. She couldn't handle yep. it. The cat was too evil <laughs> no, for it. It was too bad. <laughs> right. And like, because it's weird how, now that I look back, kid movies didn't pull their punches in the 80s. No, they were teaching the you dark. lessons. Yeah. <laughs> they not sure the dark good lessons. Right. Because the dark crystal was honestly creepy like when they drained the girlfriend that juice, was the was most like, <laughs> disturbing thing of my childhood it literally right, then, made my skin crawl uh, and then they the drunk it yes as like no that as like was a, macabre yeah. uh-uh yeah well, as between, a child yeah. seeing that that twisted me after yeah. that i wasn't ever the same i saw the <laughs> right i saw the shining whenever i was a kid and there was a couple of moments and that's the yep. movie that like uh when he opened the door to look into the hotel room, the the room that the woman was in. Yep. And then, of course, the two girls at the end of the hallway. Right. And then the blood exploding out of the side <laughs> of the walls, and a couple of just a couple of just flashes like Polaroids. The naked woman in the tub. Well, yeah, but not the, the nudity never even affected me. I well, was it wasn't so freaked the nudity; it was the horror of what she became. Well, that, that was the room that I was talking about. The room. Oh yeah, the yeah. When you, when I, there's you first, a for it. Yeah. First, open the door. That was the moment that I remember the most. Well, what's funny is, oh god, I'm sorry, Rod. You're right. This should have been five because because <laughs> I can't I can't pass it off to Marshall before I give my my honorable mention to my second favorite action movie of all time i can't do it and it's aliens oh uh, yeah i love i'm glad aliens. i'm glad you mentioned it because i'm looking at it on the list but i wasn't gonna say it game over man it's game over oh my god i mean it invented space marines yep <laughs> i mean i was I, mean, I was sheltered so a lot of these movies the rated r movies i didn't get to see until i was older well like well like um Every summer, me and Jen went down to spend a week with our cousins, Tracy and Leslie. And for some reason, mm-hmm. we got into a tradition of watching, watching shit that you couldn't normally watch. No, like of, of watching horror movies, mm. like because because I guess we all enjoy being scared together. So it was down there that I saw Nightmare on Elm Street and Friday the Thirteenth, and it's an action movie, but. Aliens was scary. Yeah, it, <laughs> and like it. It wasn't an action movie. It was a survival movie. The fact that right, there was and, action in it was right. just a side effect of them trying to survive yeah. from an unrelenting, right, pro- right, force. an unrelenting. Film, Probably right. without that yeah. movie, Walking Dead wouldn't be around right now. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. That's the kind of vibe, yeah. the '80s vibe of yeah, yeah hopelessness, of course, overwhelming. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And of course. Bill Paxton, game over, man. Game well, over. Well, to the in charge. To this day. <laughs> right? Oh, man. And people who so, don't know that line, you know they're too young. <laughs> right. Oh, but, and it was, 
it was one of the first movies that I can remember where the two toughest people were the women. Yes, had, that's true. That was groundbreaking. Yeah, Ripley at that time. and um, the Hive Queen. No, the the Latino chick, Rodriguez. That's that Vasquez. You, Vasquez, yeah. right? Man. Anyway. That's what I'm saying. The '80s stuff, I got you, man. My pothead stuff did not affect my '80s memory. I got <laughs> so, all that. So, Rod, I'm sorry. <laughs> I had five. It, did you want to add what to your list? You're already you're already adding all the ones that I have. I literally have all oh, of these okay. written down. So, oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> but I do want to well, say before we move on for Alien, one of the yeah. things that I loved about it is that it introduced to our culture what I feel is arguably one of the most terrifying, powerful, and unstoppable alien in any concept yeah. of any story of any genre ever and with the exception of any kind of alien that has like magical powers because that doesn't count. Well, actually what about actually, predator no, no i think the alien because, is even scarier right, more terrifying than the predator right because yeah because uh uh old black cop beat a predator yeah. in, in predator 2 <laughs> an old black cop can't beat an alien, well, well, but but right, I I do think the only other alien from the eighties that is as unstoppable was the Borg. We are the Borg, lowering shields and destroying your ships. We will add your biological and technological distinctiveness to our own. Your culture will adapt to service us. Resistance is futile. Oh, Star Trek, the the. Next- generation because they were introduced in the 80s too that's true that is true hmm. um it's not technically from a movie although they, they were true. in a movie no that's true no, but fair yes, enough. i will that's agree true. that as aliens go the borg and the xenomorph if they ever came together yep. this universe would be oh gone. god <laughs> but, uh, uh a xenomorph would be game over right. for the alpha quadrant yeah <laughs> Yeah, that'd be it. That'd be everything right there. All we right. just have to have a Q come and step in and take care of business. <laughs> right. right. The only way to stop it would be to use divine intervention. <laughs> right. Okay. Hard reset. Sorry. That <laughs> my was bad. I don't know how that too happened. Too crazy. <laughs> I spilled my orange juice. Oh, the alpha cool, quadrant All got right, mixed so up with the gamma quadrant. Marsh, what's your three? Even though me and Ryan, I guess, copied a lot, a lot of your list too. Um, let me look at this list. Oh, uh, but did y'all have legends on y'all's list? Or was that a surprise? That was a surprise for me. It was a great yeah, one. I, I can't. Wouldn't have, I didn't remember I wouldn't it. Have chose that. But, but yeah, no, that wasn't on my list. Oh, it definitely would have been on my girlfriend's list. So, okay, it would have been covered somehow. Well, um, if you need help, Marsh, I'm not gonna, I've got a I'm not going to do three. I'll just. Uh... <laughs> I'll just give you a couple of them down the list because we're going too long, so I'm not getting into the movies. Uh, one movie that was really awesome when I was a kid was Tron. Oh my god, I forgot Tron, but I was never uh, that. Because I was that. I was in it because I was uh, the video game. I used to the love the video, video game, game though. Badass. The video game was so badass. <laughs> I, I really dug the last Starfighter. Oh my god, Marshall! That oh my god, that movie. Affected me so much. Two different Star Trek movies. Because, sorry, Marsh, it's because the last Starfighter was every kid's dream who played in arcade 
right. that was me. Like, wait, my arcade skills are useful. <laughs> <laughs> I can <laughs> I can save a galaxy with my badass arcade skills, dude. That movie. <laughs> that is like a kid's dream, <laughs> right? That was two Star Trek movies, The Wrath of Khan and then oh, the, Voy- God. the Voyage yeah. Home. You know, I think The Voyage Home might have actually been my first exposure to, to time, time travel. travel. Okay, I'm not sure which one came first. Oh, but um, to me, Star Trek is like Star Wars, so that's why I love. Right? Yeah, they're Rapid just such titans. But <laughs> I'm dude, just I'm just looking at it, so I was I mentioning I Wrath of Khan is to this day. The perfect Star Trek movie. It had everything that you yep. loved about the original Star Trek cast wrapped except up in a two-hour movie. Well, you said everything that you could want. I'm like, well, expect, except for special effects. But well, even at the time, the special effects were badass. Like the actual fight with the Reliant and the Enterprise, where they actually acted like old um, sea vessels, and like it was this, and then it became like a submarine movie when Kirk is like go down in the nebula he's not used to space combat I mean it's yeah there were some great scenes in that movie I'll tell you talk about um, a scene since you mentioned in Transformers that within moments made you go oh shit (laughs) it's about to go down was in the beginning of Wrath of Khan another scene as a child that warped my little psyche was when they captured the two away teams the worms the body uh, worms they yeah. The worms yeah and they yeah. put them in the helmet and yeah. then they put the right. helmet on them right and you <laughs> right. scream and I was like oh right. no Bat- right. Batney Bay Bay oh no Fuck. oh but but and, and Ryan you weren't a Trekkie I love Chekhov, so I was like, oh no, <laughs> this is the the new black captain, whatever, I don't know you, the Chekhov's my boy, right, <laughs> anyway, but Ryan, yeah, as a kid, that chilled me to the bone. Yeah, me too. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, there's, there's tons on this list, I'll just do three oh, more. and sorry, Marsh, that made me like Shakespeare. And like, oh yeah, Moby Dick. <laughs> no, because like the, the line from Moby Dick that comes was like, "No, Kirk, there's no escape from hell's heart. I stab at thee <laughs> for hate's sake. I spit my last breath at thee." I was like, "Holy, this is from hell's heart. I stab at thee for hate's sake." I spit my last death. And I just liked him first... because he was the dude from Fantasy Island. Yep. I mean, I knew that, but his portrayal of Khan oh, is what informed me of what revenge really looked like right. and where it could lead you. Where yeah. re- revenge and obsession and hate can lead you if you don't grab it under control yeah and, no definitely he was the embodiment of what i imagine captain ahab to be right yeah. right oh my god that movie is so deep with so many levels yeah. <laughs> i mean yeah all right go ahead Marsh. sorry Marsh. yeah go ahead um let's see flight of the navigator and short circuit yes yeah. short circuit oh my yeah. there were so many great movies in the 80s <laughs> there's, oh but but there's um, so many yeah. i will say the Flight of the Navigator was pretty badass. Yes. Both of them were. I love oh, Space, Flight of the Navigator. Spaceballs. I can't believe Spaceballs. Well, well, 
before we leave before we leave short circuit that movie hella racist <laughs> I, I, know. That out. I, is, is it? I haven't seen it in a long ago. time i yeah. haven't seen it in a while because and they were the, the indian guy because the act oh my yeah, god the actor who's playing the actor who's playing the indian guy oh yeah oh uh, well ryan you know he's white right <laughs> oh I did yeah, not he, know that. Yeah. I don't think he's I knew Indian. that either. He's not he's not even brown. He's a white guy, just with like They they pigmented bit, his ass and he's yeah, doing all the, all the oh crazy right. well, see, I, brown I knew face. He was he was doing all the negative stereotypes. No my goodness, and you can say that two times and all this kind of shit uh, and right, like, right. so horrible. Right. I didn't know. Uh, right. that, oh, okay. That makes that movie even funnier. <laughs> that might have to go up to the that's pretty Because... Okay, cause right quick. So, and I'm only another, choosing the movies that are like were for the quotable content that me and my mom would go back and forth for hours right. and hours and hours. And this right. short so, circuit was one of them. Another quick movie from the '80s that is hella racist is Sweet Six. A lot of John Hughes movies are borderline racist, but it's Sweet Sixteen. I never saw that. What's fun- okay, what's funny is my friend who's a white woman has a husband who's Asian and, <laughs> and I have a feeling I know was, where this is going <laughs> right and she was like you know what I want to show you one of my favorite childhood movies Sweet 16 it's a John Hughes movie <laughs> and she puts it on and they're watching it she's like oh my god I'm so sorry <laughs> I'm like this movie do you is recognize this guy do you have any family members like him right <laughs> <laughs> so Oh so horrible, it, yeah, and like, not, like not even hiding it, racist, right? Types, right? Just right, and the fact that, and I appreciate John Hughes wrote what he knew, and I knew. <laughs> well, not not that I'm, I'm saying that, that man knew stereotype. <laughs> I'm saying that because not because of that, but because in the majority of his movies, there aren't black people. Huh. That's true. The Breakfast Club, <laughs> Sweet Sixteen. I mean, I think even Weird Science was that like a is that was that Chris was was that Chris Columbus or John Hughes? I can't remember. But oh, and speaking of Weird Science, my favorite scene is when they go to the black club and <laughs> homeboy and and homeboy goes in the bathroom and he sits down and all he says is, "Well, goddamn, that." Trust me out every time. Every time. <laughs> that stupid ass accent he talks. <laughs> oh, right. And then when he's talking, quote unquote, black, I think he gets drunk. No, no, no. I'm telling Oh, my oh, God. God. It's so offensive. <laughs> the whole time you're wondering why aren't these black people beating his face in? Because they would. Because. They were getting paid. Because of Lisa, the man. They were there with Lisa. Oh. They were trying to get in Lisa's pants. Oh, oh. oh yeah. and by the way, we're science, we're science, borderline racist, really sexist. <laughs> because these two guys construct their perfect women and they go down her body parts. Nah. Yes. They're it... breast too big, nope, too small. Perfect handful, man. I guess you wanted to be smart since he could talk to you. Okay, whatever. All right, here's the Barbie doll. I was like, oh. Now, as a kid, 
cool. I was down for it. Now that I'm a more evolved adult, I'm like, I will never show <laughs> yeah. Lily this movie. Well, that's that's kind of like Mannequin, too, then. I think that's pretty bad. <clears throat> no, because at least Kim Cattrall had some agency. You know, she was cursed, but she had all these adventures throughout time that you learned about in the cartoon preview of her life before she became a mannequin. I guess so. But yeah, I guess I kind of see that, but man, weird science, man. And the fact is, I still watch it. It's still funny, but now I'm like, God Well, damn. yeah, I mean, damn, <laughs> fucking, this is in the 80s, but Tropic Thunder is one of the funniest fucking movies in the world, and that's oh that's what, that's one of the most racist goddamn movies I've ever seen in your life, but that shit is fucking funny. I still still but, don't know how they how he gets a pass. But I mean, it's awesome because but what the because fuck? it works because it works because they call him out in the movie. The black character calls him out in the movie and points out how wrong it is, and that's why it works. In the eighties movies, it was never pointed, pointed out. out or yeah. addressed. It was so, just the way it was. Right. Oh, dude! I don't know where this came from, but I really liked Once Bitten. Oh my God, Marsh. I, that was one of my oh my I love Once Bitten. I don't think I've seen this one. Jim, it was the Jim Carrey vampire movie. It was one of the Jim first. It was one of his first big movies. Once Bitten. It was it was a B movie, no doubt. But it was on USA up all night. And I called it, <laughs> it one night. That's how one, it my, one of my favorite movies because as a horny. Preteen, the fact that she could only feed for virgins. I don't know. It did it for me, man. <laughs> I can't imagine why, Pat. <laughs> and, uh, oh, but, and, oh, but to get to the heart of the sexism in this movie, the only way Jim Carrey can beat her is that this girl he's had a crush on all this time said, Quick, I'll fuck you. And then that way she can't feed for well, you. And they, like, they were dating. Sure. <laughs> is, is it is it not dating? I mean, they called each other boyfriend and girlfriend. You know, it's just uh, they had never slept well, with each other. So, right. But they were also kind of estranged. And then once he started to get his vampire powers, he was kind of leaving her alone in the dust. Like she, she, she is the one that helped save him, and then helped and his save him his again two friends. By, by, <laughs> oh my god because they they had to look at one point to see if because the only way that they get bit is right in the inside groin so they cornered right. him in the showers one day and one held him right. and the other one was looking and stuff and everybody saw him and they were like oh my god everybody knows they saw they're gonna think and then they was like man calm down everything's cool and then out of nowhere dude's like we're rump rangers <laughs> <laughs> for some right. reason that even oh, that line with there I'm like oh, oh fuck we're rope oh, rangers God, so what the so f- horrible <laughs> so it was so it was also homophobic <laughs> the 80s movies man okay oh, God. I, I'll do two more uh, the princess bride and ghostbusters yes. yep yeah oh ghostbusters yeah. of course classic yeah, yeah, yeah. oh Obviously. and, and tons I would add more, one but... more yeah I would add one more um Oh god, I was laughing at the other one that I, I forgot what I was going to say. There was just so many. Yeah, I, um, really great I'm, I'm, Oh, um, I didn't want to get into them because the, it's so late. So, and the eighties movies, the eighty. <laughs> I mean, they were even casual with date rape. <laughs> 
Because if you go back and rewatch the first Revenge of the Nerds, oh yeah, oh god, there's that there's that scene in the in the funhouse bouncy one where technically, if you really want to call it out, <laughs> he had a mask on. Raping. She's like, "Hey, it's <laughs> you," and he just nods and then moves in and takes right? care of business and. Then after the, right. the the cuddle sex, he took his mask off, and she's like, "Oh, you're good." She's <laughs> like, "What? And, no, this is the dude that's been chasing you but, around. This is when, oh, holy shit, you're going to jail, <laughs> right? <laughs> because because he he pretends to be her boyfriend in the Darth in the Darth Vader mask, and then goes down with her. Oh, he, they they have and sex because she's like, uh, you know, how come?" You were so good, or whatever. He's like, well, jocks, they think about sports yeah. and nerds. All we do is think about sex. So if yeah. he would have sucked, then yeah. he would have went to jail. No, it wouldn't have ma- It doesn't matter. Okay. But she didn't say anything. This podcast has definitely anything. revealed some very dark sides to some of our hosts. No, no because what about the panty raid movie, and the fucking video cam- the, the video cameras raid, and stuff that they left in the the. <laughs> Showers, yeah. right? the whole, as a whole it group, is. the whole dormitory was, got together and was like, They got their own TV show, fucking King of the Nerds and shit like that. No, like, oh, really, the only redeeming scene show. in that movie is when the black fraternity came to save them at the end. But besides that, it was a homophobic. Sexist, well, I mean, yeah, I mean, dude, racist, slightly rapey. Porky's, <laughs> Meatballs, all those movies were just as bad. I mean, worse. <laughs> I was never even allowed to say the word Meatballs or Porky's around my mom. She would fucking get, she would get that look in her eye. Oh, oh, a movie I have to give props to, Blues Brothers. I love uh, that yes. so much. Classic. Cause you know why? Because they hate they hate Illinois Nazis, and guess what? I do too. Uh, you said the Nazis like that for some reason. I thought uh, the Nazis from Natchez, uh, Pee Wee's Big Adventure. Oh my God, Pee Wee's Big. Oh, actually, I did not like that movie, dude. I I still I liked it a few times, but when I saw it on acid, dude, holy crap! That was the yeah, no. I saw that, that movie, and then I saw Akira for the first time, Ghost in the Shell, and uh, Ninja Scroll. Oh God! All three, all four. You just really wanted to mess. It wasn't me because I didn't know. It was <laughs> that were fucking with my head. I loved the shit, and yeah. Akira almost broke me though. The, the, talk yeah. about animation and expression on faces and stuff. That yep. Uh, well, fuck. Well, also because also I love Ninja Scroll. Ooh, but that's pretty I, hardcore, man. That, Talk about rape and shit. Because now that I think about it, right, there was actually a rape scene in the first ten minutes of the movie. <laughs> I was like, uh, it wasn't uh, that early, a, but yeah. That was an adult horror Because she, she killed uh, him story. With, the, with that. Yeah, that wasn't quite the yeah. same as, you know, a wacky teen adventure. <laughs> that right. um, then there was also Monster Squad. I was going to save it, but Monster Squad was a big deal to me when I was a kid. I never saw that movie. What? Oh, Pat. Uh-uh. Oh, man. I never saw Monster Squad. I mean, I know of it. I just never saw yeah. it. Whenever you're here, I may let you borrow it. Whoa. Well, all right, guys. It's We've been we've been recording for an hour and 30, and it's almost midnight, so I'm, 
I'm gonna have to start to wrap it up. But apparently, we both love. We all three of us love love more than we thought. We well, not Marshall. He always knew more than yeah, I man. thought. I guess I really love '80s movies. Yeah, that, some um, of the best best ones. My, I'm still like a steel trap up there when it comes to names and movies and dates and shit. When it comes to '80s and big hair bands from the '80s, unfortunately. Oh, one of my. I think this came out in like '80. 1980 or 81 it was early 80s. oh empire strikes back was 80 by the way <clears throat> i okay cool but um my mom's favorite movie not nine to five. Oh, of course With dolly parton yeah donnie yeah. parton lily yeah. tomlin and uh lily john, yeah. john yeah. jane that, fonda that good, good yeah working nine to five. some good yeah. music in it too yeah <clears throat> yeah that was fucking awesome Yep. Damn. Yeah. If we're going, I didn't even think so about going back good. like that. Those are there's a couple of them. We could yeah. easily do a three part podcast series on our favorite eighties <laughs> movies, but since okay. we're not going to put our subscribers through that anymore, uh, so perhaps we should go ahead and start tying it up in a knot and putting the bow on it. You can find us on newpodworldorder.com. We're on iTunes <clears throat> and Stitcher and SoundCloud, but you go through the newpodworldorder.com to find us there if you look up always bet on geek on soundcloud there's like one episode because you get like three hours for free so i have like three hours worth of content up there i don't even know if it's one two full episodes or whatever newpodworldorder.com itunes stitcher uh youtube facebook discord twitch half the shit we don't have going yet just look find out really all you got to do is google always bet on geek all of our shit pop up um Except for Twitch and Discord, they're both still young in the crib. Um, the YouTube and Facebook should pop up because they're more mature. Definitely the Twitter, because I, I'm I'm raising and through the also, ranks in the influencer again. I'm working on it. Mr. Influence, and you can also uh, send us an email at alwaysbetongeek at gmail.com. Yes. <clears throat> uh, guys. This was fun. There were so many more on my list, but like you said, we could keep talking for like three hours and still. I could I could talk to you for an hour just about Ghostbusters. I mean, (laughs) there are so many quotable lines in that. I mean, it's just ridiculous. And to be fair, Ghostbusters Two was like nineteen. Really, I love Ghostbusters Two. Also, I saw them both in the movie theater. In the same week, I saw Greystoke and Ghostbusters. And I was, I was. Ugh, fucking. Okay. Great stuff is great. Okay, okay. let's go Man. ahead. Let's, let's go ahead and wrap this up. Um. <laughs> I mean, Highlander's on my list too, but Greystoke, Highlander was more impactful. <laughs> right. Um, was there anything you wanted to plug before we, we wrap it up? Uh, just say if you're looking to find out any of my latest content, um, please go check me out on YouTube. You can find me under Gamer Lifestyle, and I'll be putting up a new. Uh, videos and my ramblings up for your viewing pleasure or your flame war whatever you decide to do with it I'm just glad to have Don't you on board like that. <laughs> oh so guys b- b- before we leave should we have a subreddit or should we just leave reddit alone what, what do you think I, I, I did reddit for a minute for the tell them steve dave and m- and then I've just heard lots of negative things. I haven't really seen anything crazy except for the fact that it's basically the same shit you see on Twitter. I mean, in, in honest, people have say all kind of crazy shit to you, but 
I mean, there's ways of blocking folks. I mean, if you make a thousand accounts, I can block well, you a I thousand will. times. It's not that big a deal, right? I mean, that's true. Uh, so I'll probably go ahead and just make one so we could block down the name. Sure. And then if we add, if we add anything, we do. If we don't, then it's our name. You can't have it. Too well, the late. trademark ha, ha, ha. the trademark is pending right now, so I mean, it shouldn't be too long. Sometimes it could take a little over a year. It's been months and months. I don't know. One day. It'll, it'll yeah, come but in, even, so. Yeah, but if we go ahead and lock it down no, now. No, yeah. I'm not saying don't do it. I'm saying yeah. also. Okay. okay, cool. All right, guys. Well, um, this has been your friendly neighborhood co-host, Pat, down here in the capital city of the Magnolia State. Um, up to my north, it's... The man, the myth, the influencer. <laughs> and to my west... In the Lone Star State. The Mystic Mojo saying, thanks for spending your time with us. Take care. And on that note, we out. Lone live the 80s movies, but I'm glad that we figured out how not to be racist, sexist, or homophobic (laughs) in movies anymore. Oh, dude. Good times. Coming to America. Coming to America. I I almost lost my black card. Thanks, Marsh. That's a good note to end on. Coming to America. Samuel L. Jackson's first movie. It is. Sexual chocolate. I believe the children of our future. Thank you. <laughs> Spread the wheel and let them lead the way. Sorry. Okay. And on that note, we out. I'd like to give a big round of applause to my band, Sexual Chocolate. Hey, you. Are you tired of all the big name options for energy drinks? Looking for something that's sugar-free, low in caffeine, but still gives you that swift kick in the ass without the crash? Alex Stiff here, and I'm the singer of the rock band The Fillets. And after being tired of all the bullshit options on the market, we partnered up with a private music venue called The Rim to offer a better alternative to folks with an active lifestyle. It's called Hate Energy. Doesn't matter if you're a musician, athlete, or just a busy SOB. Hate Energy not only gives you some extra pep in your step, but this special blend of B12 and B6 also helps wake up your brain without the crash, which is helpful for folks like me. Hate Energy is a proud sponsor of the new Pod World Order, and all the listeners here can get 10% off your order of Hate Energy by typing in the code NPWO at checkout. Just visit thefillins.com slash store and make sure to use that code NPWO on the checkout page to get that sweet 10% off. Hate Energy, what do you hate? And that's it. Always bet on geek.